first of all, if you're going to talk about a revolutionary situation, you have to have people who are physically able to wage revolution, who are physically able to organize and physically able to do all that is done. Yeah, but the question is, more: how do you get there? Do you get there by confrontation, violence? Oh, is that the question you were asking? Yeah. See, that's, I mean, that's another thing. When you talk about a revolution, most people think violence um, without realizing that the real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. On the other hand, uh, because of the way this society is organized because of the violence that exists on the surface everywhere. You have to expect that there are going to be such explosions. You have to expect things like that as reactions. If you are a black person and live in, 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 in the black community all your life and walk out on the street every day seeing white policemen surrounding you, I. When I was living in Los Angeles, for instance, long before the situation in L.A. ever occurred, uh, I was constantly stopped. No, the, the, the police didn't know who I, who I was, but I was a black woman, and I had, had a natural, and, and they, I suppose, thought that I might be a, quote, militant. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, um, uh, and, then, and then you ask me, you know, whether I approve of violence, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Citizens of the Internet. Uh, it's crazy out there in America. A lot of stuff is going on in the world, and I feel like a lot of people want us to talk about what's going on. So uh, today, me and my good friends are in the studio, Mr. Trent. How's it going, everybody? And a special guest, Mr. Brandon. Ooh. You can't hear him, but he's here. He's, he's, here. he's showing love. Yeah. All right. So, you know, uh, Trent and I have compiled maybe four or five questions that we feel predominantly questions that a lot of people are kind of saying, not so much against everything that's going on right now, but really questions that are, you know, big deters of why people are losing focus on the main issue. Mm -hmm. um, we really want to try to get these points across to everybody in ways that they'll understand because a lot of the times when people are thinking about, you know, this has nothing to do with me or, you know, I'm all lives matter, anything like that. They're not thinking about really what that entails, mm -hmm. what it's like on the other side of, you know, people experiencing systemic racism and everything that's going on for the black community. Yeah. So we're going to try to dissect the questions people are having so it can be easier digestible and we can spread awareness easier to, you know, our neighbors to, you know, bring us all together and stop dividing us because I feel like we all want the same thing. However, we're just all speaking a different language. Of course. And, you know, we just want to be able to kind of translate that language into one thing that everybody can understand. Um, like I said, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who 
the things that they're saying or you know they say they don't want to be a part of well it's much much bigger than what you're thinking it's affecting your your friends that you don't even know it's affecting mm -hmm. it's affecting maybe possibly family members it's affecting everything around you people that you work with everything of that sort so yeah one of, one of the first questions that we have is i'm tired of looking on social media right now i wish things would go back to normal and so so you know we have to kind of ask ourselves you know what's what's normal All right because i feel like people are living two separate experiences i mean what people think is normal would essentially be and if you take it in a very literal sense is that you know police brutality on you know blacks is just a common thing you know it's not gonna go anywhere it's just well not happens. even a common thing but some they believe it doesn't exist exactly. they believe that the cops are not attacking people indiscriminately that you did something right that's why people ask oh can i see five minutes before this altercation video happened i've heard that a lot and so when you start asking yourself these questions i feel like you have to realize you've desensitized yourself to it shouldn't have happened in the first yes place. like this is this is a life this is a person's life regardless of whatever he did because the justice system's job is meant to judge and then reform people exactly right? it's not the police's job to be well, what you have to understand well, is well i know on the field they're allowed to judge situations mm -hmm. but to take a life well here's the thing and you have to think about this on two different spectrums you have the spectrum number one where it's how the justice treat system you know treats and targets black people mm -hmm. opposed to the regular person so i'm going to go ahead and just give you stuff that i've pulled up online and i want you to try to calculate this out and tell me if this makes sense i'm bad at math so my right, number well, is here. gonna be off i'm gonna just tell you the numbers okay tell me the numbers we'll look it up on a calculator okay so in 2017 the amount of white individuals killed by a police officer was 457 people mm -hmm. that same year in 2017 the amount of black people killed by a police officer was 223 that's a lot if you look at the percentages of the united states white and black White consists of 76.5% mm -hmm. of the population, whereas black is only 13.6. But for the sake and simplicity of this argument, we'll bump it up to 14. If you do cross division and you look at exactly what that percentage should be, so it's about equal. So if you look at white people as the control variable, you know, I don't yeah. think anybody's actively going and trying to shoot white individuals. Yeah. So if you look at them as that's what the norm should be, then at 14% of the population, the amount of black people killed in the year of 2017 should be 84 people. Mm -hmm. Instead, we're looking at 223. That's almost three times the amount that it should be. Yeah. On top of that, in 2020 alone, 88 black people have already been killed as a result of cops. Now, I'm not saying every single time they shouldn't have. You know, obviously, if someone's pointing a gun or they're robbing a place or something of that sort, you know, sometimes you gotta die, especially if you have a gun. And that's white, black, it doesn't matter who you are. But we ha cannot ignore the fact that this number is far too high. Yeah, There's something that's going on here that's just not correct. Definitely. I, I, you know, and I like how you brought the numbers because Fox News does that. You know, Fox <laughs> News, no, they, they do a very good job of bringing the numbers, but however, they're very smart with how they handle numbers. Of course. With misinformation, right? Right there, what you just told us about is the rates right african americans are being killed by the police at a far higher rate than caucasian americans because african americans are 13 percent of the population right how can 
13% of the population be killed at half the rate than someone that's 75% of the population. Exactly. And it you know doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really matter. Also, know. also, uh, Tucker Carlson, right? Oh, I hate Why that the fuck are people listening to Tucker, Tucker Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson does not speak for the people. No. Tucker Carlson is a rich boy, right? He is... He talks to get a rise out of people. Not just that. He is the inherit like so his i think his family created stofers that big popular fucking microwave mm-hmm. uh food brand so he's a billionaire so you i feel like we have to look at the people who are speaking to us mm-hmm. what's their intent what are they trying to do because this is not about this is not about race it's about class and the the you know the ruling class is trying to distract the middle and lower class to fight amongst each other because if they realize who's truly messing up the economy and messing with our daily lives it's the ruling class exactly so they want well, to keep everyone distracted and fight amongst each other well being the whole fight amongst each other is going to be the police kind of being acted as the attack yes. dogs if you think about it yes another thing i wanted to bring up is if you look at the requirements that it takes to be a police officer opposed to the requirements that it takes to be a lawyer mm-hmm. one that enforces the law and one that practices a lawyer has to go or a future lawyer i guess you could say has to go through a four-year bachelor degree program they have to um, go for the LSAT, mm-hmm. which is a standardized test that they have to do well on in order to go to a good university. On top of that, they have to go get their JD, which av- on average takes three years to complete. And then after that, they have to pass a state bar exam, which means that if they go from New York to Texas to Florida, every single state has a different exam they have to take and they have to pass in order to practice. It doesn't matter if you've been there for 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. A police officer, on the other hand, who people's lives are in danger, they have to go for it. People they have to quote unquote protect. They have to have a GED or a high school diploma and 60 college hours, just 60 college hours. It could be 60 hours in basket weaving for all we care. does not matter, 60 hours. On top of that, they have to pass a, a psychological and one physical exam right then and there, and then they're good to go. Mm-hmm. To give them a gun, to have them tell the American citizens what to do, to have all the power in the world to take lives to do anything of that sort that is all the requirements that they have yet to defend somebody in court we are talking seven to nine years of experience and things like that don't make sense i remember bringing this up to somebody and they told me well you see what if the you know the people trying to be a police officer you know what if they're not well in school I was thinking, what are you talking what about? What are you doing taking what are you doing being able to take life? Well, my biggest thing like, what are you doing being able to take well, life? Well, the origins of this conversation for me came when I told the person that if they're gonna have to take sixty college hours, those sixty college hours should be criminal justice classes. Things that they're going to have to know about. And then her response again was, Well, what if they're not good at those classes? What if they can't pass them? Then they should well, you be shouldn't officers. be a fucking cop. Yeah. If you can't pass simple criminal classes or things that you're gonna have to see on a daily basis, where you're put a, a gun is put inside your hand and you are having to, you know, hopefully not threaten people's lives, but you are making people threatened. I know I feel threatened every single time a cop mm-hmm. is around me. Then you should be educated on everything. I can't tell you how many videos I've seen where people are schooling police officers on laws that they should already know. It doesn't even make any sense. Things like that just don't, it, it troubles me. And I think that is the biggest thing, kind of going back to our question, you know, why should I care? That's why you should care, because we have incompetent people who are going and enforcing laws and taking black lives. That's not right. You know, uh, one of the famous sayings they said during the Holocaust was, at first, they came for the others. I didn't care. 
Then, you know, they came from my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. care. Then they, they came, came from, from me. me. Yeah, and then I care. Right? So while you're not caring, they're coming for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But then when they come for you, it will be, oh, I should have known. But by then it'll be too late because, you know, if we don't see the bigger picture that we're all one people, and if one of us is hurting, we're all going to hurt eventually. Absolutely. And I just, and that's the thing, people are, they want to bring up this whole thing, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, those people that are saying all lives matter, I have to question you this, you know, I have to question you this. When you say all lives matter, are you talking about the Syrian refuges that are, you know, suffering right now? Are you talking about the people of Arab and Indian descent that get frisked and just harassed at the airports? Are you talking about the undocumented immigrants that are in cages right now with, you know, tin foil to sleep on? Are you talking about the people who are, you know, gay, trans, bi? Who are you talking about when you say all lives matter? Because I guarantee if you do not give a damn about this Black Lives Matter movement, there's sure you sure as hell do not care about that item either. So what does that mean to you when you say all lives matter? And I would really like to know that. I don't know. I wish. I wish. I wish. You know what they meant by all lives matter, but like I think all lives matter is just a. Re- it might be an emotional, emotional reactionary response, like a knee jerk reaction to Black Lives Matter, kind of like how, when, say, you know, we're all kids and we have parents, and we have siblings. When you see your parent give one of your siblings more attention than you that day, mm-hmm. you get jealous. You're like, what about me? What about me? But typically, that sibling might be, you know, he might need more emotional support or help because of what type of trauma he's been through as a kid. Well, tell me this. Right? If all your life you were always given That's what I'm saying. the so, number one and this, this, and mm-hmm. that, and now we're finally drawing attention to something, we're not giving the other sibling anything yet. Mm-hmm. We're just saying, oh, shoot, you don't Let's have food attention. on your plate. Let's pay attention you to You don't sleep sibling. with a blanket. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about this. And the fact that it's just being discussed, not even given, discussed, people are actually freaking out about this. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem in America right now. I truly believe. On top of that, <clears throat> kind of going with this all lives matter thing, which is a complete, I, I would say, kind of a knock to the Black Lives Matter movement when people are saying all lives matter. If you take this on another spectrum and you think about when the Boston Marathon bombing happened and we all said, we stand with Boston, when the Vegas shooting happened, we stand with Vegas. Yeah. People weren't saying, well, what about the other cities? All the cities matter. No, those are the cities who are troubled right now. Mm-hmm. Those are the cities that need everybody's support. <clears throat> when you say breast cancer awareness, people aren't saying, well, what about testicular cancer? What about ovarian cancer? What about the other cancers? No, this is a big issue that's addressing breast cancer. It's a huge problem. Yes, there are other problems in other areas, but right now, this is the thing that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. That's a big, big trouble that I have with that whole entire All Lives Matter movement. Like I said, you know, it was just a response to Black Lives Matter. It was a knee-jerk reaction. And it's a knee-jerk reaction that's really... Because, because, of, because of unconscious bias, which leads to systemic racism. All right, let's, let's, let's unpack systemic racism. Some people say systemic racism doesn't exist because they don't understand that the system is not a thing. You don't just go to the system. The system is like the ocean, right? So it's like saying the ocean is salty. Mm. You can't just go to a source in the ocean and say, oh yeah, look at all this salt. No, it's the whole ocean is salty. So systemic racism is like, you know, 
say the educational system for mm-hmm. an example or the banking system would be a better example right after the depression the restart the recession uh during the bush recession eras right when the banks uh when wall street bought up all the debt from the banks and the you know the bonds that were bought went bad mm-hmm. and they tried to sell it and everything crashed down right banks when they were bailed out there was a regulation that was put in that they had to now give business loans mm-hmm. to black and minority people right they have to give equal loans to black mexicans asians mm-hmm. for this bailout yes and they're still not doing it right mm-hmm. uh also even the whole economic collapse back then was because of predatory lending they were finding people who couldn't even afford to get a loan and they were going to you know typically poor black or brown people mm-hmm. because you know the government is taking advantage of yes because of the american dream they want that american dream well, they want a house i mean right. on top of that the use of redlining you know mm-hmm. after the civil rights was a very very clear depicted you know item of kind of exactly what you're talking about systemic racism yes if you look at austin texas for example you have i-35 the main highway that goes through the city on the bottom side of i-35 is essentially what you could say the more affluent area it's downtown the university of texas you know there's an excellent high school i can't remember the name of it right now but everything is super Westlake? super nice it's, it's, Westlake. Westlake. it's probably Westlake. but extremely extremely nice everything what, on, what, what school is it austin, austin high I can't remember I what the school's called, Austin. but I know that everything on you know the bottom side of downtown, everything is very, very, very nice. But if you go above I-35, you'll see a whole entire different story. I know I lived there at the very beginning of my uh, college career, mm-hmm. and things were not good. You, what you'll see, number one, is it was primarily minority, almost completely minority, I'll have it, that mm-hmm. there was a, a Latino little, like, I don't even know what you call it, like little market. Yeah. And it was you there was no you wouldn't expect five minutes down the line there was you know an affluent area filled with a whole bunch of different stuff yeah but crime was high there i know one of my friends got put up at gunpoint going to the dollar general did they, did they have broken windows over there <laughs> there were broken windows yeah i mean it was not a good area the houses there mm. were extremely extremely you know low you know just not good houses typically if you see but, a broken window the crime is higher but it's been like that forever and if you think about when Austin was first getting kickstarted, mm-hmm. you know, they did that on purpose to essentially separate and segregate. If you have school zones on you know, different sides, you know, all the minorities can go to this school zone and not have to be a part of you know, the whites. And the crazy thing about this is both all those schools are also going to be way less funded, which means that they're way less funded. Those teachers aren't going to get paid as much. The books, the textbooks that they get are not going to be as up to date and brand new, if at all. The desks are going to be not you know, fixed up every two years. So there's going to be That's all good. sorts of, you know, vandalism or anything mm-hmm. on that, on the walls. Things are going to be broken. You know, who knows if they have AC. Sports are not going to be something. Extracurricular or, or uh, activities are not going to be something mm-hmm. of that. Every single aspect there, you know, maybe even protection and security. They're not going to have police officers to pay for. So gang violence and drug use, everything of that sort is going to be prevalent because no one's stopping it. All of these things inside of a poor neighborhood all because that is what the system designed. Whereas everything on the other side, super, super easy. You got a college fair that you can go to. You know what's crazy? The thing is, all that stuff isn't even intentional. It's due to neglect, right? It's because they don't pay attention over there. So the neglect happens and the things just start to uh, go downhill. 
Okay. Exactly. For you know, for example, Houston is a good example. Houston has terrible zoning. So in black neighborhoods, you see a strip club and a liquor store <laughs> right down the street from a school. Yeah. If you go to a typical white neighborhood like Memorial Katy, you'll never see that shit there. Never. You'll never see a liquor, liquor store down the street you from see a playground. Starbucks and a Randall's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in typically black neighborhoods like Third Ward, right down the street, there's a gun store, a liquor store mm. in the area. Because businesses can open up shop there. But in certain neighborhoods, they have you know homeowners associations that will they'll sue and they'll, get mad. and they'll sue the city to keep them from building it, right? However, you need money to sue, mm-hmm. right? You're going to need education to suit so it's like the whole system everything is com- it's a compounding effect yes because if you don't even have the education how to- are you supposed to get out mm-hmm. how are you supposed to you know mm-hmm. fight for a better education fight for things for your kids that you know you would expect them to have naturally by the government because mm-hmm. other people do simple but- knowledge like organization organizing is because like you know I, I when i lived in a lower income neighborhood and i moved to you know the suburbs mm. I went to maybe about four or five different elementary schools. And I'm telling you, the schools are miles apart. Absolutely. When I went to an elementary school in a lower income neighborhood, uh, I was in an ESL class. And, and you know my grammar was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I used to say thingy. I would pronounce words incorrectly. And my mom was having a heart attack. Like, oh my goodness, my son, you know, he, he's going to become a dumbass. And you know, in the Nigerian culture, if your son is dumb, that's the biggest failure in life. <laughs> so my mom packed up everything. And we were just driving around for hours. She was looking for a nice neighborhood to live in. And she was just driving from Southwest Houston, like business area. And she was just driving, 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 driving. Then we stumble, up, then we stumble around this area. Mm-hmm. And then my dad saw an apartment. He's like, let's get this apartment. I don't care how much the rent is. Um, we're paying it. So we can go to a good school. Mm-hmm. And so then we got to a good school. I, you know, saw different perspectives. You know, the education standards was different. Mm-hmm. Teachers were happy to come to school. Exactly. You know, books were nice. Things were clean. They made a, a good environment for learning. It was conducive to learning. Exactly. And I see some of my friends who didn't get to move out of the neighborhoods. And they're totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally and- different. Like I said, and people want to say, well, you know, they why didn't they just do exactly what your parents did? Well, you know, it really depends. You know, sometimes people can't mm-hmm. move in a certain place. You know, we're given bad credit. A lot of black people yeah. are born with bad credit bad before credit, they even know what their credit is. Bad credit is. or, you know, stuff on their records, which we can talk about later, that will prevent you from moving out of that certain area, which leaves your family stuck there and you have to deal with what you have. Yeah. And kind of like you said, a learning environment is everything. You try to learn with, you know, all sorts of stuff that's just messed up and fucked up around you. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's extremely hard to focus. You're not going to be able to do that. Funny funny story, right? Uh, I remember second grade year, I, I wanted to go to summer school to learn more. And my brother was walking me to school for summer school. And there were dogs on the street. And I couldn't even go to school because the dogs were blocking the road right in front of the school. And the dogs (laughs) saw me and my brother, and they started chasing us. So we're just running. And that's why I'm scared of dogs. That's why black people are scared of dogs, because typically black neighborhoods. (laughs) Because they're waiting in front of the school. Yeah, they don't don't keep their dogs locked in. So you get chased by a dog. So, you know, even going to school back then was even a challenge. But then when we we moved to the suburbs, 
going to school was not a challenge. Of course. I could easily was, safely I mean, walk to high, school. Highly influenced. And you got to think, you're talking about dogs, but we got a whole other situations that you know are going on too. Yeah. You know, there's people who, hey, you join this gang, join mm-hmm. this gang. You know you ain't doing shit with this. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're, you're, what's your GPA right now? Oh, you probably ain't even getting yeah, good grades. Yeah. Might as well do this, bro. We'll get you back. We'll get you yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, do this. You get influenced in that so early in life. You ain't a real nigga. And, go, go sling some yeah, dope. And you already know that your yeah. school doesn't care because obviously you see everything around. It's not getting funded. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not having college fairs. Anybody bringing in all these positive things that you know higher education can bring you. So you think, you know what? This is all I can do. Yeah. And you have to think, you know, the cops are not good people. That's the whole entire mindset that's going on over there, mainly because they are targeting them. It's not, it's not a, well, maybe if the, no, it's true. Yes. There's high targets, just like I brought up with the demographics earlier today. You go to city hall, go to city hall at the end of the month and you count the minorities in that line paying a ticket. Mm-hmm. There's more minorities in line paying tickets than there are non-minorities. Well, kind of bringing that up. I got some right? more because, numbers for everybody. Because <laughs> of over-policing, right? They know if they go into uh, poor neighborhoods they're likely to catch someone with an expired tag. Well, not only an expired tag, but they're likely to find somebody who's not going to get a lawyer to Mm -hmm. defend it. So Mm -hmm. they're going to say, well, you know, I could get this lawyer, but, you know, I I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So they're just going to end up paying it. Or what ends up happening is they don't have time to pay it because they're working, they don't have the money for it, Mm -hmm. and it goes on their record. And guess what? Once that goes on their record, other things start stacking up, and it's just a a stack. Mm -hmm. It's not good. But kind of going with kind of what you said Mm -hmm. about targeting, if you look at this, <clears throat> around in the U.S., at the same time, blacks and whites consume marijuana at the same rate. Yes. There is no difference. Yes. Yet, for some reason, and as I brought up, whites, 76.5% of the, the population compared to blacks at 13 point, what did I say, 6? Yeah. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana yeah. than whites. Let's, even the name marijuana, they changed it to sound Hispanic, <laughs> right? Like Tijuana. Mm-hmm. It wasn't marijuana. It was hemp before. That's true. Or cannabis. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to demonize the name so much. And they, you know, they understood the perceptions Americans had of people south of the border. Mm-hmm. So they renamed they it. Negative thought. Yes. And that right the there same is way, a whole complete mm-hmm. item of racism. Yeah, systemic. Just the same way during World War II when we were fighting Germany, everything German was demonized, right? Mm-hmm. Hot dogs. Uh, French fries. They're, I think uh, hamburgers are called like America burgers or something like that. They rechanged oh and renamed everything <laughs> foreign, pro-American. Jeez. Well, here's another really even the map. Thing. Even even the map. Yeah. Right, America. You know, well, this uh, boy s- going s- in. S- <laughs> you know, south of. No, I'm serious. If we're gonna break down systemic racism, I feel like Absolutely. people don't understand what systemic racism is because it's. I feel like, you know, the the bougie educated people that say big words like that don't take the time to really break down no. the saying. They I don't know what they're I, maybe they get they get turned on by being the smartest person in the room. Well, I think the thing is they say a legitimate term, but the thing is most people all they hear is racism or they heard it from somebody else. Well, they hear they hear racism and they say, "Well, I'm not a racist." So, mm-hmm. this can't have anything to do with me. Underlying the fact that literally some of the actions of systemic racism are all subconscious. Mhm. Yeah, I talked to a friend of mine who is Hispanic and white, and he uses his white name when he talks to people. Yeah. Instead of using his Hispanic last name yeah. because he doesn't want to alarm or intimidate anybody. Yeah. He wants them to say, Hey, I'm this happy go lucky white person who's gonna take care of you and give you everything you need. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna tell them, you know, I also have this Hispanic name, because then who knows who you might deter. 
Um, no joke, I, I appreciate my mother for naming me my name. <laughs> because when people see my name, they don't know what the heck to expect. They don't, they don't know uh, if I'm going to be preaching from the heavens. They don't know what to expect. So when I come at them, it's very, they don't, they don't know. They just want to learn. They mm-hmm. want to figure out what you're about. Mm-hmm. Open you up. I see that. So, so the next question on the list was, my participation will not help anything. I would say that you are incorrect. Very incorrect. <laughs> um, we need every single person to participate, every single person to get out there, even if it just means you're voting in November. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, as of yesterday, I believe yesterday or Thursday, uh, Trump signed a bill. And when going up to sign the bill, he uh, was asked by reporters, what will you be doing to ail this sad process of systemic racism? A very simple question, a question that we expect our leader to answer on behalf of, you know, the people of America. His answer, first of all, was ignored. Then somebody else asked it. And on that second time, he looks up from the bill and he does not answer the question. All he says is the time right now is a great time for African-Americans, a great time for Asian-Americans, a great time for Hispanic-Americans. We're going to have the strongest economy, the best economy, the best, best economy you can imagine in the world. And the reporter asked, well, what does that have to do with systemic racism? He said, I don't even think he said anything, to be honest. You can find the video on social media. Mm-hmm. He goes and signs the bill and they ask him, well, are you going to answer our questions? And he says, you guys are really something and walks away. That is our president of the United States mm-hmm. failing to answer any question that the reporters have a legitimate question at that, that not only has the security of the black community, but a cry for help. How are you going to save us so more of us do not die? More of us are not shot and killed. You know what's messed up too? Uh, Typically, black people work government jobs. Mm -hmm. It's typically the government that hires mostly minorities Mm -hmm. and black people. So what the president would have said to answer that question is we're gonna create more government jobs. He could easily just create more jobs. That's what Obama did when he passed executive orders. Mm -hmm. And because unfortunately, the government, due to uh, you know past actions of slavery, so due to affirmative action, the government has set quotas that government agencies have to abide by. Right? Let's say for every four white workers, two black workers, one Asian, maybe two Hispanic. Mm So every government entity has to kind of follow that quota. To exactly. Fill, right. Um, that's what he could have said. We're going to create more government jobs. Mm-hmm. That's how we'll deal with systemic racism. Easy answer like that, because statistically, it's black people working those jobs. Right. Like uh, if you look at Metro in Houston, most of the bus drivers are black. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're, gev- they're getting government contracts. Therefore, they have to abide by federal law. Mm-hmm. That's why. People on Twitter are getting fired for their jobs, right? Like they, they can say, you can say, you know, the First Amendment, freedom of speech. You can say, you know, fuck everybody in the club. Yeah. But you can then go get fired if you work at McDonald's because it's a private owned business. Yeah. And they may not agree with those things. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to have somebody who has those thought mm-hmm. processes. Mm-hmm. And then if you really look at most, you know, corporate entities or anything like that, they're it's primarily conservatives. conservative, white ran, very, very anti any sort of you know going against the quote-unquote oppressor mm-hmm. if you talk like that it's gonna be red flagged you may not get fired sometimes but you are gonna be red flagged and people are gonna think twice before promoting you 
before giving you any sort of benefits, before inviting you on trips, anything of that sort, because you now have this, oh, he is a toxic, he or she is a toxic individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Jobs, if you want to bring that up, is actually a great example of systemic racism as well. It's automatic. I don't know if it's, you know, people actually going in and doing it on purpose, but it is something. So I'm going to bring up a personal experience just so you guys can hear this out. So when I started looking for jobs and when I started looking for jobs in uh, after college or a month before graduating college in May of 2017, I started looking for jobs and I put black on my applications. I thought, you know, in col- or going to a public university, mm-hmm. it really helped me out a lot with regard to, you know, possible scholarships. Because or of affirmative like action, they had to exactly. follow affirmative action. So I thought, you know what? Same thing. I'll go ahead and put black thing or black on the uh, the note because you know what people want to have you know minority. Yeah. And I thought you know that's something that people will want to have. May goes by, nothing. Whole month. First week of June, I was able to get one interview call, and that was from a uh, from a, a pyramid scheme. Yeah. So I turned that off. Didn't count that. But then by the end of the the sixth week, I had got one single interview call. Yeah. In that time. So I go back to my applications, I go back to how I've been wording things, and I go, how can I change this? I didn't see anything to change, but I did see, okay, you know what? Let's try switching this to white and let's see what happens. I kid you not, the next month from June like 12th all the way until the end of July, or middle of July, I'm sorry, four weeks, I was able to get six callbacks for interviews. Six callbacks for interviews in one month saying I was white, yeah. opposed to six weeks straight and getting one true interview saying I'm black. If that doesn't say systemic racism right there, I don't know what does. And it's all legitimate corporations. It wasn't anything that was, you know, questionable. It's actual companies. So I don't understand why people would do that, but it is something that, you know, as a black American, you have to live with every single day. You can go to that piece of junk school. You can graduate from that, you know, school, go to a college, get that good education. But at the end of the day with that light at the end of the tunnel, you're still having to work twice as hard, five times as hard mm-hmm. as somebody who, you know, it's expected, you know, oh, you go to school right after you go to school, you get good grades, go to college right after college. Oh, you'll have a job there for you. Yeah. Easy. And that right there is white privilege. Yeah. That is an example of white privilege there because you do all this stuff and it's expected to be right there for you. Opposed well, to going through all these mm-hmm. hoops and jumping through yeah. everything. And then even when you've had the same GPA as this person, mm-hmm. you still have to work that much harder to get in. So let's, I feel like we should discuss some pitfalls <clears throat> in the system for a lot of young black men. Right? I feel like if we explain the pitfalls step by step, it could give people some insight to what's going on in the black community on why you know, this system of you know, make good grades, go to school, and you'll make it out is very difficult for minorities, right? So... A lot of young black men are born into debt. You know, mm. their parents will put their name on a bill. Mm. Then their parents, due to lack of financial literacy, will mess up the credit. Yep. And so now this young boy is in debt. Mm. Five years old, don't know nothing about debt, eating Cheerios, <laughs> Foster, don't know nothing about no debt until he gets into, like, he gets older and he wants to buy a car. Then he finds out his credit, his credit is messed up. Mm. But even before that, right, in preschool, Elementary school, young black boys are suspended at a higher rate than other students. Of course. Just because of, you know, maybe he's acting up in class, but the teacher will interpret that as an aggressive behavior mm. and they'll hyper violence his, you know, his 
his his actions, his anger. And what you're saying is at the very beginning of life, damn near, mm-hmm. just for being born with a darker shade of skin, mm-hmm. you were seen as a threat. Yes. Opposed to being a kid mm-hmm. just like everybody else normally would. Just a kid throwing a tantrum. Exactly. Right? And so how many rappers out there in their songs have talked about teachers, you know, saying they're not shit? I know we laugh about it, but I feel like that's a serious phenomenon because <laughs> no joke in the fifth grade, my, you know, my fifth grade teacher said the same shit to me. She gave me a 69 in, in math and made me go to summer school. She could have gave, I could have got that one point and got the 70 and passed, but she gave me a 69. So I had to go to summer school and I missed the, the, uh, the end of the year party with all my classmates. And I was one of the few black kids in, the, in her class. I think yeah. one of the only black kids in her class. Yikes. See, so boom. Right when we move out of the hood into the suburbs, I'm already being faced with systemic racism. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like I'm studying, I'm trying my best, but she, like, I, I'll ask her for help and she'll yell at me. And so that's why I'm, I'm not good at math <laughs> because you know, fifth grade it was you know it was very tough to learn. But you know, I, I can kick ass in history, everything else. But numbers, I start sweating, I get nervous, I got to count with my fingers. <laughs> As so and so now, boom! Right, you're you're a young black kid. You graduate. You make it through elementary school, your middle school. You start discovering sports. These coaches, oh, you're young, black, you're athletic. Play sports, play sports, play sports, right? They push a lot of young black um, men into playing sports. You make a career being an athlete. You make a career being a basketball player, right? Uh, So you do become a basketball player, and then they tell you shut up and dribble. Mm -hmm. And they've been telling you your whole life, just play sports. But no, what if you wanted to... Be a physicist or a scientist. How come they don't encourage that, right? And so what these coaches are doing is they're preying on young black men because they know that young black men come from single mother households. So they try to pull as like a father role. Yes. And pull them in to make them dedicated to them just so they can play harder. Yes. And they'll make them sacrifice. Because I swear swear to you, the, the way the coaches spoke to the players that had fathers and the way they spoke to players that didn't have fathers, night and day. Night and day. If your dad came to a game and spoke to the coach, you will be more likely to start and the coach treated you better. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Because unfortunately, men only respect other men. So right there, that's sexism in play to begin with. So, <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you play sports. I say you, you, you do pretty well in high school. Yeah. And you make it to college. Now you have to play sports. And so you're, you're a man, though. But your family and your mom is struggling. Your mom is a single mom. Mm. The bills are getting higher because the you know the price of living is going up. Mm-hmm. However, wages aren't increasing. So, you know your mom is working two more jobs and the bills are stacking up. Mm-hmm. You're in college trying to play football and your mom's telling you how you know and they're you behind. Come home, yeah. you gotta help clean, bring money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to school. You're I don't want to say the word enslaved, but you're you're committed to having to play a sport along with your studies it comes with a price because you have you to know? go to school because like the, the, they're giving you a scholarship yes so you have to perform on the field and at home yes and then at the same time while you're having to go to school and juggle sports you also have to go home and focus and make sure your family and well-being is okay mm-hmm. i would say that that is that is something that you know a lot a lot of you know black communities see all the time you know, they go in for sports or something like that, but they end up having to come home. Mm-hmm. They end up having to drop everything to come home to try to fix it. And guess what? They come home, again, they don't have a college education completely. They have the diploma and that's it. So they have and to they come home job. with injuries too, oh, right? Because yeah. once they get the injury, the school stops paying the insurance. Yeah, that's true. See what I'm saying? So 
these loopholes these young men have to jump over because cool sports is okay but however if i get my degree and i focus education around and maybe go to college the likelihood of me getting a good paying job that's stable than getting into the nfl or the nba is safer yeah than if i just focus academic wise mm-hmm. but they're distracting these young boys and making them go make towards it seem sports. like sports is the only mm-hmm. way out but when that, in reality bust your ass and work and again very very less likely than you know a caucasian okay uh, a caucasian student mm-hmm. but you can possibly get out yeah but but back to the my participation will not help anything so we said before there's more people who don't vote mm-hmm. than do vote Absolutely. so if everyone that believed they won't help believed that they could help change could happen absolutely and like I, like I was saying earlier, this upcoming election in November is going to be extremely important mm-hmm. because it's not going to just be about political parties. It's going to be about human rights. Yeah. It's going to be about whether are you on the side of, you know, keeping systemic racism around or on the side of, you know, pushing it out once and for all. Mm-hmm. I um, had a conversation with one of my buddies and I told him, I said, yeah, so what's, you know, what's your, what's your plan for November? You, you still voting for Trump after all this stuff that's going on? And his response was, well, there better be a good Democratic candidate. My thought process with that was, this is not the thoughts of, you know, this is not a political election anymore. This is, you know, are we going to keep on letting shit like this happen? Or are we going to make a valuable change? And I'm not saying that the Democrats are going to be able to make a change. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, they probably sure as hell care way more than Donald Trump does. And being friends with me, having other friends in our friend group that are black is going to take them being harassed by the police, them being killed by the police, them being improperly, you know, judged or, you know, anything of that sort Mm -hmm. by the government for you to realize that what this man stands for is not good in human rights. What's it going to take? It's kind of like the episode in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Carlton was experiencing, you know, the racism Will Smith faced or like, when Will got shot, mm-hmm. and then Carlton went and got a gun. Because mm-hmm. Carlton was a real friend, right? Carlton saw his friend experience pain, and then mm-hmm. went and got a gun. Mm-hmm. Just in case if that ever happened again. Yeah. That's real friendship, right? So if, so say you vote for somebody, and then it turns out the person you voted for is causing harm to you know your friends, you played a hand in that happening. Exactly. And that's why I have a very hard time See, again, at the end of the day, everyone's, you're entitled to vote whoever you want. Mm -hmm. But this, again, this issue is so much more. At the end of the day, we have legislature, we have the Senate, we have Congress, we have, you know, a justice system. While flawed, it's still a justice system. We have things that, checks and balances that keep people accountable. Mm -hmm. So somebody's not going to come in and, you know, be a complete tyrant, even though Donald Trump is a tyrant. I'm sorry, if you shoot your own, you know, if you shoot your own citizens with rubber bullets when they're, you know, peacefully protesting or throw tear gas just to take a picture in front of a church that's not american at all they're doing doing their first amendment right if you threaten to put the american you know military on you know people on your own citizens who by the way there were four uh high-ranking officers that said that that was not appropriate Mm -hmm. what donald trump was saying and that's military people saying that, that that we should never ever turn our guns on american citizens yeah um, that's not right. It's a very slippery slope. I believe his secretary of defense, someone who Donald Trump appointed, 
said that he is, in all the years that he's been in politics, he's never seen a president purposefully divide the country. Mad Dog Mattis, General Mattis, right? I think that's his name. This is the former Secretary of Defense. He said, purposely divide the country. How can you have a president that the people have elected that is supposed to be for the people, purposely dividing the country? But because he wasn't elected by the people. I mean, he lost a popular vote. He only won through the electoral college. He's still the president for the people, though. Yeah, but like I said, Hillary won the popular vote. Mm -hmm. But however, the electoral college picks the president. Of course. So now let's talk about the electoral college. So people say their vote doesn't count because of the electoral college. Mm -hmm. Okay, boom. Who chooses the electoral college? People within the party. Mm-hmm. How do these people within the party even gain power and influence? They're elected into that role. Mm-hmm. They're, we give our money and they, they donate into the cause. Mm-hmm. So if you want to effectively affect the electoral college, you have to radically change the entire party from the ground up, which is from your city councilman which is from your state legislator, which is from your, uh, the mayor, the, the, the fire chief, the police chief, everyone that plays a role in organizing, organizing society, you have to make sure you, ha- you voted for the right person for that job. Exactly. Because if you are saying you don't want to, someone else will, and they'll mm-hmm. vote for the wrong person. And then this is why the system is bad, is because we aren't, being proactive and checking in on all these positions yeah because we work so much we believe you know all we do is just work 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 work, Mm. and we forget about life but i feel like corona has really woken people up to life Mm -hmm. i think people have realized like man i live the same go around every single day doing the same stuff and i feel Mm -hmm. like people are getting more outlets more things yeah and don't get me wrong coronavirus is not something that we should be joking about or anything but like it's just it's it's opened people's eyes mm-hmm. to a whole lot of things. You know, people are learning new hobbies. People are you know informing themselves on what's going on in the world. Yeah, and that's also why I think that you know this movement has become so big and so viral. You know, some so many people are saying you know oh you know Black Lives Matter has been around for so long. Why is it picking up just now? Well, it's picking it wasn't up just around now. for so long. It was maybe around during two thousand and. 2013 it started it started after trayvon that's when black lives yeah blew up after trayvon and then uh, mike trayvon? brown and then mike after that was mike brown when was the trayvon martin murder what was that 2000 and 2012 i'm gonna look it up yeah, let's look it up real quick maybe 11 or 12 around that era yeah yeah so according to google that was yeah 2012 February 26, 2012. Yeah, so after, so after when, because I, I, I was on Twitter when Trayvon, the whole case is blowing up. Yeah. And then when the all-white jury of women acquitted Zimmerman. Yeah. Twitter shut down. Like, Twitter literally crashed. <laughs> I swear to you. The moment they said not guilty, Twitter crashed for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment when online activism started. Mm-hmm. And then Tumblr shut down and everyone from Tumblr moved to Twitter. Yeah. And people were just upset and they didn't know. And then, uh, boom, Mike Brown happens. Mm-hmm. Then Black Lives Matter comes into. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, you know, Black Lives Matter started by, start, was started by a man named Darren Seals, who was killed by the, you know, by the police department. Mm-hmm. 
you should, you know, if you have time, look up Darren Seals. He was one of the starters of Black Lives Matter. However, all the leaders during Ferguson have all been assassinated, if you don't know that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the people who are still alive, like Sean King, Danetta, DeRay, all those people are posers and, you know, imposters that were put in place to deflect and deter the movement. Well, I think the movement now is legitimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look, we have all 50 states have been in protest for this. Mm -hmm. 17 countries all around the world. Even the Amish are, you know, out and vocalizing. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how they got the news. They don't have computers. But like, I think they lie. I think I think they're low key sneaking internet in there somehow. <laughs> kind of like in North Korea, how they, they, got, they got out. one iPhone. They got one iPhone in the barn. Just say, hey, 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 I'm supposed to be using the iPhone right now. Put that down. But um, I mean, everybody has has came out. I see people in Australia posting mm -hmm. stuff, not posting their stuff. They got their own issues with Aboriginals, but they're posting our issues. Mm -hmm. You know, UK's loud. I saw something in Middle East where they were also like some sort of protest or some sort of disapproval for the things that are going on. Mm -hmm. So it's all around the world. People notice that this is a problem. I, I think and I think the reason why it's so worldwide now is because of rap music. Right? Black culture is now mainstream oh, due okay. to rap music. You see what I'm saying? So now black culture has infiltrated cultures typically that wouldn't have been exposed to blackness. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, statistically, black people are more likely to interact with white people at a higher rate than white people to yeah. black people. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah, so black people. Yeah, yeah. So, so black people. We know of other people's cultures. We understand that there are different types of people of different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. However, in you know white communities. There aren't black people living there. There mm -hmm. aren't. They're not interacting with black people on a daily basis. Yeah. So they're getting their information from the media. Yep. From news, from music, music right? Yeah. And so before, before representation, they could portray black people. However, of course, right? How, look how they're portraying Africans in the '90s, right? Flies, mm -hmm. uh, poverty. I, I still. I remember. Uh, uh, this, have you seen cartoons from like the '40s and '50s yeah, and what they made yeah, black yeah. people look like? That and that's systemic. Big giant girls. And, and that's seen, what I'm talking about, systemic racism. You seen uh, in Uncle Ben's box or Aunt Jemima yeah. from, you know, when it first came out in like the 1920s or 1930s to now. Mm -hmm. Aunt Jemima was this big black woman, very, very dark, not in any attractive formats at all. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be, almost be like a joke. Same thing with the Uncle Ben's box. Then you move up through history and you notice that she gets skinnier. She gets lighter. She starts to get more attractive, I guess you could say. Because it was no longer a joke, it became a brand that they were trying to sell. Yeah. So it it things like that. Ugh, ooh, don't even get me started on. You know, you know, Kanye said it himself. Kanye said that you know rappers are the new rock stars. Mm -hmm. We are. And and I, I I'm a big Kanye fan. And you know, have you been reading about what's been going on with Kanye? Didn't people say like we want to hear you, but then we don't want to hear you at the you same know, time? He, he straight Just up give me he, your no, money. He straight up donated two million dollars. Yeah. And then he's been like. He's been donating to like Democratic parties, and mm -hmm. he's been donating black business, black businesses to Chicago. So the whole, you know, I was telling people like there's method to the badness, mm -hmm. right? He and he said the only when they got that girl out of prison, he said he only got that interview the moment he put on that hat. The moment he put on that hat was the moment he was able to oh, even so you're get saying to the White Kanye House. Kanye is being. Strategic. Of course. Think about it. Kanye went from being fifty million dollars in debt to now having a two billion dollar company. Okay. Come on, you <laughs> you can't be dumb. The man's playing three D. He called himself because 
I feel like we gotta give people credit where credit is due. Yeah. To make beautiful mu- music like he like he did. I mean, we have to. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He is a very very smart man. Yeah, and his comment about slavery being a choice—he wasn't talking about actual slavery. He meant mental slavery because Africans before introduced that. to Christianity, they would kill themselves when they were captured mm. because death in the material world was not death in the spiritual world. Yeah. You had another place to go to, right? But however, when Christianity was brought to Africans and they were told, if you die in the you Christian faith, hell. you go to hell. Yeah. So now Africans no longer killed themselves, right? That's why they have that whole statue. Maybe I think in the Caribbeans or somewhere where there's like statues of heads of s- slaves that jumped off mm-hmm. to kill themselves. Yeah. Right. Amistad, the slaves took over and took over the ship. Mm-hmm. Right, the moment in our minds we refuse to accept the status quo, change will happen. Yeah, that's what he meant by slavery is a choice. Hmm. Interesting, because Harriet Tubman, she had a choice. She she said either I'll stay here or I'll get out of here, mm-hmm. and then she got out. Right, she had a choice to, to live a good life or go back go and back get and people free. People. Yeah, so she had a choice, but the choice, some choices are hard. Yeah. And that's why people say, oh, no, you know, you, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately. I mean, people do have a choice, mm-hmm. but you have to understand that in the black community, you don't have as many choices as you think. Of course, definitely. Systemic, there's a cap put on you to I begin mean, with. look at this. Let's, let's, since you're talking about slavery, let's break this down in the sense of when slaves were captured. And first of all, the stupid ass argument that people always say is, well, you gave up your own people. No, motherfucker. No. We didn't give up our own people. No, because the we, way Africans even practiced slavery <laughs> there was no, wasn't your slave for life. Well, it's there, like you're a slave for like 10 well, years and you're free. Well, it's not even that. There was, there was no races in that thought process. I had my tribe. You had your tribe. I didn't fuck with your tribe at all. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to war. I kill some of your people. You kill some of mine, but I come out on top. I'm taking your people as prisoners. I'm not going to let you guys go because then you're going to repopulate and try to kill all of me again. And I'm not going to have you assimilate into my my tribe because i don't trust you oh white man comes white man goes and says hey i'm gonna give you this and this and that for these people you don't give a damn about these people because you just went to war with them so you're gonna give them to the person not knowing at all what they're about to do they go take them on a ship in terrible living conditions and then for the next 200 years they treat them like complete animals they breed them they build them up to fight and kill each other and leave them no rights at all. If somebody ran away, they would cut off limbs. If somebody ran away, they would kill them and put them in a tree so everyone else could see, yo, if I try to run away, I'm going to end up just like that guy. They would literally leave them in trees mm-hmm. until they rotted. Have you have you heard of King Leopold? Uh, uh-uh. Okay, so King Leo during um, the whole European conquest of Africa, India, and Asia... In North America, King Leopold killed more Congolese people than Hitler did during the Holocaust. Really? Right. So the Congolese, they had rubber trees Mm -hmm. and they had to produce rubber. And if they didn't produce enough rubber, their hands were cut off. Mm -hmm. So he was cutting off the hands of millions of people. Damn. He was murdering millions of people. And even before the Holocaust, Germany, they were doing experiments on Africans way before they even started on the Jews. Mm. Uh, Shark Island, check out Shark Island. That's where the German scientists first set up to practice the experiments that they then would do later on to 
on Jews. The Jews. Damn. Yes. And and also let's talk about how, you know, Africans were the original settlers in, you know, Australia, even South America and North America. There are already black people in North America before the Europeans even settled. Mm-hmm. Well And they don't talk about that. I mean, of course they're not gonna talk about that. They you know, what you know, the the European settlers, they're the, the first people to, to be there. The natives are just in their way, you know? Because, cool. you know, there's there's no sources of rioting or anything like that. Yeah, speaking of speaking of rioting, another one of the questions was looting and destruction and property is never acceptable. Okay, it's never acceptable, but you're going to tell me that, you know, you come into, you know, an indigenous person's land and you completely rip everything that they had to the point where... I think what Native Americans are one percent of the population, mm-hmm. if one percent, mm-hmm. put on small reservations where you know they have to think life is normal, but at the end of the day, they still have to conform to you know what's around them. Mm-hmm. No, you can't tell me that because there was aggressive stuff. They would kill, rape, yeah. just absolutely ravage Native Americans all mm-hmm. over the place. Also, also force them to change their religion, everything of that sort. So anytime somebody says, you know, rioting, well, this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been rioting all through our history, all through it. I mean, if you look at, you know, Michigan just a few, was a few months ago or maybe a couple weeks ago, I don't know how long ago it was, but I know that Trump said that, you know, these are good people who are just, you know, they want to go back to normal life. They were rioting in Michigan. And this is what Trump says. Yet we have 400 years of oppression, not haircuts. They're talking mm-hmm. about haircuts in Michigan. We're talking about 400 years of oppression. Of course we're going to riot. I'm surprised we haven't rioted earlier than this. Considering all the time that we've had all this anger and this frustration mm-hmm. build up. So, you know, what about the bombings of Wall Street, of Tulsa, right? What about when the police department blew up neighborhoods in Chicago, right? What about when we talk about looting and property damage people only talk about the property damage of the other side they don't mm-hmm. they never talk about the property damage that has, that has happened to black people throughout the history i mean have you seen in the 1960s when civil rights started blowing up it wasn't just you know black people who were rioting after the mlk assassination mm-hmm. there were white people who would go and riot black communities burn them beat the shit out of them mm-hmm. all that stuff like that just to prove a point that, hey, you may try to be equal, but you will never, ever be equal. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I highly doubt. I would need to look and see exactly what you know punishments came above that. But I'm willing to guarantee if I look and see, there was not a whole lot of arrests that happened mm-hmm. with that. So that's what people don't understand is that <laughs> when they were given equal rights in the 60s, there were black communities who were completely burned down. Not just that, even eminent domain. Right, the government has the right to confiscate your property and build a highway over it. Mm. No one ever talks about that. How the government can seize everyday people's, you know, property mm. for no reason, uh, even gentrification. Right, a business and a, a developer can come in, slap a million dollar home in your neighborhood, increase the property value. No one will live in the house; it'll just be there. Mm. And then all the value of everything will go up, and now your house is worth is worthless. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, it's it's very one sided. If we're going to be offended about property damage, let's be offended about all property damage. Mm. You know, keep it a hundred. Don't be fake. Yeah. And I feel like people are getting really, really mad about you know, well, 
you know, what are these people going to do after the fact with all of this? And I don't at all condone to the rioting. Well, what I the government should do is they should create a... Well, the f- government should see this and go, damn, like, these people have been quiet and we sh- they shut down Kaepernick, turned everything he stood for into a monster. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that his knee movement came from a Green Beret, a yeah. vet, yeah. who said, you know what, don't sit... Take a knee. Because Kaepernick reached out and said, how can I make this not disrespectful? Mm-hmm. He said, don't sit, take a knee. It's like praying. Well, think of it this way. Can you think of anything at this point where a knee has been deemed as disrespectful? No. You no. knee when you're about to ask you know, the person you love to marry you. You knee for a fallen soldier. That's what the soldiers do. Mm-hmm. You take a knee for anything that's out of respect. Mm-hmm. The media has turned, or I would say the right-wing media has turned the whole idea of taking a knee as you know disrespectful to the military kaepernick said numerous times i'm not disrespecting the military i'm addressing how i do not stand for a country that doesn't stand for me Mm -hmm. i know there's a line from a rap song where he goes uh i'm the resident of a country that doesn't want me Mm -hmm. and it's the truth they don't the system does not care about the full well-being of black lives it's abundantly true and this thing literally Kaepernick, you have no bearing in this. Told LeBron James, shut up and dribble. And then mm-hmm. is saying, well, Drew Brees has every right to say whatever he wants. Mm. No. That right there is another item of systemic racism. Yeah, the Both of them are side. athletes. Both of them you know, do the exact same thing for sports. Yet, for some reason, when a black person says, yes, these things and systemic racism is wrong, that is shut up and dribble. Yet, you know, we should respect our flag. You know what? When people say respect the flag, I believe it is. Oh, I can't remember exactly what part of our government says this one i wrote it down because i thought it was really good um yeah so under section 176 under title 36 uh chapter 10 of how we should be respecting the flag says the flag should never be used as wearing apparel bedding or drapery yeah do you know how many people wear the flag as you know swimsuits (laughs) it's funny because tommy lauren was super super big about the whole kaepernick disrespecting the flag being an asshole all that stuff Mm -hmm. like that Yet for some reason, and Fox was right behind her, yet for some reason, no one had a word to say when she was dressed with the American flag, which is completely against the law. No thing says, your First Amendment right, you can protest, legal. Disrespecting the flag by kneeling doesn't say anything about kneeling being disrespectful or any sort. It does say something about wearing stuff as uh, the, uh, what's it called? As illegal or not, not constitutional. Additionally, on top of that, uh, I believe it was, I think maybe the New York Mets baseball field. Some baseball field had the American flag as the the dirt. Yeah. Yet you have players running all around on top of the flag, which is just trampling the flag. Yeah. That doesn't seem very American. But guess what? Fox News jumped on that and said, "Hey, that's so American, right on you." There's a gun that came out right when the the Kaepernick stuff set was on there, and it had a gun or a, a American flag on the gun, and it said, "Stand." That also goes right there, and that's not American. But guess what? Fox News jumped on that too and said, that's a great job. Let's defend that. So tell me exactly. Well, you know, Fox News can't even legally call themselves a news source. They're like a commentary. right? Fox News had to lobby the government maybe during the 60s or 70s to loosen the regulations around journalism. So political parties can have news outlets. Mm-hmm specifically tailored towards a certain political ideology. Because yeah. back then the rule was, 
if you're going to report the news, you have to report both sides. Yeah. However, because of big money, the ruling class was able to get their way. Yeah. That's why Fox News exists. Mm. Well, fuck them. <laughs> even, even CNN, right? Like, don't get me started on no, CNN. No, no, CNN know, is... I feel like what we're seeing nowadays is a TikTok video of someone doing the nay-nay will get more views than Anderson Cooper. You know that, right? Really? Yes. Uh, typical public news, CNN, they're doing terrible. A lot of a lot of people don't watch news anymore because it's so biased on one side. Absolutely, absolutely. Biased. And I'm not at all knocking. You know, I'm not saying yo go CNN because CNN is just as guilty of getting the other side. You know, you, you know, have one. You know, when, left, when, when one Obama right. went to Flint and took a sip out of that water and then ran away, they didn't call him out on that. That's mm. messed up. Yeah, that's that's real messed up. You know, Flint till today still messed up <laughs> is suffering because the city cheapened its whole water system mm-hmm. see what i'm saying the, 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 yeah democrat run too right so that right there is the system racism mm-hmm. failing black people absolutely that's just sad it's just sad to see and, and like i said it's not this is not a political thing i'm not it's a republican a i'm not a democrat i pick whoever's right mm-hmm. and it just ugh, don't get me started on it but anyway what were we talking about riots and protesters mm-hmm. also you know a lot of the things that are being bo- burned from these big stores are insured yeah that's but, a lot of people you know, don't typically you know the mom and pop you know my heart do go out for them. yeah Definitely i feel bad for that target. in a sense but i mean the biggest thing is i mean i don't know if you've seen the post it went viral it was like you know people are saying you know it's too bad that you know you know, George Floyd passed away or that cops are killing black people. But what about these stores? And people have been saying that, you know, that's your shift in focus is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. They flipped it around. And it was like, well, it's too bad that these stores are being burned down. But what about cops killing black people? That's what they should be saying. Because, you know, like you said, a store can be reinsured. Um, a store can, you know, have stuff back. But, you know, the George Floyd's daughter, she does not have a father anymore. You know, and that's just George Floyd. You can go over the amount of black people. Tamir Rice, that child can never go to school. That child can never have a family. That child is no longer part of his family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Philando Castile, his his girlfriend, gone, like she does not have that guy anymore. I don't know how close he was to her daughter, but for all we know, that could have been a father figure. She no longer has that father figure. And the figure. NRA never said anything about what happened. They just closed their mouth. I mean, are you surprised? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Come that on. That right now. there is systemic racism. They this organization, this lobbying group did not protect an African American's right to bear arms. Exactly. Even though he told the cop, I have a gun. The cop said, Reach for your wallet. Reach for your wallet. And he said, Okay, I'm gonna reach for my wallet. I do want to let you know that I'm licensed to carry, but I'm going for my wallet. Cop shot him. I'm sorry. I understand that like your gun may be holstered up on your side, but that's right next to your wallet. Mm-hmm. So what do you expect? Why would you assume that he's grabbing his gun with a child in the back and he's mm-hmm. calm? What reason? You know, there's another thing that I looked up and it said that they did, uh, I guess, an assessment on like uh, when cops do like target practice and stuff like that. They go through like runs. Um, let me pull it up real quick. It essentially said... They should more black, more well, black cutouts. Black, black targets, lower. black... They had armed and unarmed targets. Black unarmed targets were shot at a faster rate than white armed targets. 
that you can't make. Well, you know, it's situational. What that is a fact that something happened. Like you can't. There's something wrong with. Yeah, like you can't. Mind. Yeah. And for anybody who's asking where this came from, because I guarantee someone's like, well, where is this coming? This is the U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics, by the way, taken in 2016. Yeah. So another question that was asked was the, the police were wrong, but this is an overreaction. Mm. One, first and foremost, okay, the police have riot gear, right? The police have military grade weapons. And the protesters, the people, you know what I'm saying, they have, what, rocks, shoes. They barely have, it's like sticks but you gotta, versus you gotta, a tank. Maybe you forget what I'm saying. At the very beginning of this, police officers, and this is just my personal view. This does not go for anything that anyone mm -hmm. else thinks. In majority, I would say police officers are just idiots in uniforms. And that is just my thought process. Reason why? Look at how these, these I'm sorry, not riots, protests have been handled. Yeah. I've seen... Two different just, occasions yeah. where old as fuck men have been knocked down. I know you've seen the video. I've seen the, video. the guy's eyes ears bleeding. There's another video where this dude. Just, you know they uh, they fired the cop, mm -hmm. and they That's lied too. They they um, the the department released a statement that was false. What they say? Something about some. What happened? You can say it. No, uh, that he tripped and fell as as. Hell no. No yeah. way. He was, no. And then the video came out. Yes. He yeah. got he got shook and knocked his head down. No, so you have that. I can't tell you how many. I've seen at least three videos of children having tear gas in their eyes, and they're having to pour it out or yeah. pour milk all over them. Those are children. You know, they say I'm, don't pour milk. Like, I, milk I, doesn't help. I Yeah, I, I didn't know if that worked or not. I just saw help. that. I was like, ooh. You're, you're going to get an eye infection. <laughs> Is that working? He needs some milk. <laughs> No, obviously you have that. On top of that, you have so many other occasions where people are getting shot. I saw one kid get sniped. I'm not even kidding. It was like a snipe with a rubber bullet. He's literally mm -hmm. on the on the hills protesting, and you just see him go down. Mm -hmm. The police is taking are taking this just absolutely terrible all over the place. Now, don't get me wrong. There are places where the police are, you know, standing in unity, standing in support, all of those options. But there are so many other areas that are completely doing the wrong thing, walking in, just pushing people. Just because there's a lot of people just pushing people, pushing their faces in the ground. Um, did you see the video where the cop was, uh, he did something to somebody and then the, the black mm -hmm. officer was I'm like, hey, that. you're not doing that. Yeah. So That cop was suspended. Which one? Happened. Oh, he was? The one, the one that shoved. That's yeah. good, as they should be. And that's how but a good cop should thing, respond. But here's the thing. The only reason why these people are getting reprimanded is because it's on video. Yeah. This should not be happening to begin with. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't. Yeah, because there's so many, you know, this, the Supreme there's a new, I forgot what it was, but the cops by law, they don't have to protect you. Or there's, there's, no, no, there's a law that was passed that says if the cops don't do a good job of protecting you from harm, you can't sue them. So, yes. So I think the Supreme Court passed, I don't know what it was, but there's some type of regulation what? where cops are protected. So if they do a shitty job protecting you. It's not their fault. Yes. That's stupid. Yeah, you know. They're, that yeah. literally gives them liability to just run off or to do anything that they don't want to do. Definitely. Or to not do anything that they need and, to and do. So that I feel like also when we, the psychology in America, unfortunately, we don't understand what it means to serve. 
in the military, they have a very good understanding of serving. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, military also doesn't have a union. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why police officers have to have a union. That doesn't make any sense. You come and do the job that you're expected to do. You don't need a union. This isn't, you're not a factory worker. You're mm-hmm. a police officer that's supposed to be enforcing justice. That's all you're supposed to be doing. What do you need a union for? The military doesn't have a union. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. But, but back to serving, right? What does it mean to serve? Right? And people don't understand what it means to serve. Because when imagine it as a parent-child dynamic. If your child is acting up, do you just kind of know and just slap him in his face? Mm. No, you don't. You try to de-escalate the child so you can communicate because you're the adult in the room and you have the power. You have you have the you have power over this child. Mm. So when you so with police officers, they're they're civil servants. Their job is to protect the people and serve the people. Mm-hmm. So if you're serving the people, your approach shouldn't be heavy-handed. It should be a softer approach. Yeah. But the thing is, you have to understand that the way that they're trained, mm-hmm. it's not, that's not the way it's set up. Yes. Their training is so poor Bec- to prepare them for why? everything that's going. You want to know why? why? The crime bill, right? Before, we didn't have a lot of cops on the street. Mm-hmm. But America, you know, during, you know, you know, back in the 90s, all those gang movies used to come out. Yeah. And like there was that one teacher that moved into the hood and tried to reach out to the young gang kids in the street to mm-hmm. get them. So back then, uh, America's biggest fear was the minorities in their in their you know in their segregated areas would be rise, fueled, up. rise up and come you know attack more rich affluent neighborhoods, right? Drugs from you know South America were coming into American shores, and they were like you know America was just so caught off guard, mm-hmm. and they responded like a knee-jerk like all lives matter is a knee-jerk reaction you're like oh you know we need we need more cops to police these people you know hillary clinton joe biden this the crime bill yeah right the so they put more cops on the street they cracked down on crime but they pulled so many cops there and didn't prepare them for what Mm -hmm. they were supposed to Mm -hmm. and they lowered the standards to become a cop and because they needed to meet the need of more cops on the street and yes you're going to break more quote-unquote order but that order is not going to be created in a correct manner if Mm -hmm. you will think of it this way if you go and you buy regular ass like material say say you're working on a project right and you can go and buy the expensive wood that's going to last 20 years Mm -hmm. you can buy the flimsy wood that's going to last five years yeah and you decide you know what we got to get this done we got to get this done quick you buy the five year wood right five years from now that whole entire thing is going to break yeah and you know what maybe the structure that it's holding like the bed or something of that sort is going to break with it as yeah. a result instead of taking the time to actually get the legitimate resources that are going to make this stand forever. Mm-hmm. So the pol- politicians, you know, Joe Biden, and Hillary Clinton, they went for something who was going to be short term. They saw an issue. They said, we need to nip this in the bud. Yeah. What they didn't see is the long term effects of it. If you look now, and I believe at, I know there was at some point, I probably has to do with the crime bill, is that a police officer who would, you know, go to the academy would get a $5,000 signing bonus once yeah. they finished. Yeah. And what? Yeah, and and if a cop even gets fired, he can move to another department. And the records of where he was fired 
from his last oh, job oh. cannot be accessed at his new job. You know that, right? Well, interesting thing. So that's about a loophole that. of how cops who get fired go back to becoming cops. I mean, if you look at this, right? So I found another very interesting statistic about you know when cops get into altercations with you know citizens and whatnot. So according to this, from 2013 to 2019, 7,666 officers, uh, you know, I don't want to say this in a fucked up way. Ah, fuck it. Killed people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 25 of those were convicted, mm-hmm. went to jail. 74 were charged, but with no convictions. And then the remaining 7,567 were not charged whatsoever. Yeah. Scot-free. They might have had, you know, administrative leave, something mm-hmm. of that sort. But there was no charges given to them at all. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine killing someone at work, and not getting fired. The D. I mean, the DA. The DA will not process. And crazy thing, crazy thing is the man that killed uh, George Floyd. He was on something for killing another person. Mm -hmm. This is not the first person that this guy has killed. Yeah. He, I believe. Oh man, I can't remember. He was harassing people too. He's yeah. So he has a whole entire long list of just doing up shit to people yet for some reason our you know police department our, yeah our police department our law enforcement does not see this as you know this is a bad man this is a bad man patrolling our streets enforcing quote-unquote good mm-hmm. and that alone right there like i said this is not just you know let's give black people equality we need to make sure that our law enforcement understands this as well you know just things right off the top of the head is they need to have every six months go in for you know psychological tests to make sure that they're okay because you see some bad shit shit out there also cops who beat their wives or that have a domestic abuse charge should not be officers because you know most cops beat their wives what yes oh man i don't i didn't know about that yes a lot of cops will their wives will report domestic abuse issues yeah so things like that those are things that you should you know you're done you should be a whole well, sorry, ass I, I don't want to make a. Most cops don't beat their wives, but a lot of cops beat their wives. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, ooh, okay. But I mean, what I'm saying is that, like I said, there's reforms that need to go for not only protecting black lives, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously protecting police lives as well. But you need to make sure that law enforcement is held to a much, much higher standard. There needs to be much more, uh, like I said, psychological tests to be made, not just one at the beginning and you just let it go. They need to be actually rec- reprimanded for what they're doing. Yes, sometimes when you kill somebody, it, it's just part of the job because people are going to be aggressive you know, in those certain scenarios. But I would say for a lot of the times, it is not necessary, it's not warranted. If it happens, you need to be punished. I feel like, I f- so, so that's the thing though. Right there, we're putting too much responsibilities on cops. We've already s- seen they can't do a simple job of keeping the peace. Why would you give them more things like that? I think what we should happen is we should focus on education, right? We should put more money in schools. Get them, get, you know, create a society where people's mindset isn't geared towards violence and hating one another, right? We should spend more money in extracurricular activities like music and dance and art because they say schools that have good art and extracurricular programs kids graduate at a higher rate and they're less likely to get in trouble and commit crime. But it doesn't matter. I mean, just like we've been talking about, it doesn't matter whether they're going to commit crime or not. It's whether the police are educated enough to understand, hey, this person is actually a really good kid. mm -hmm. He's not going to go do something. He's not 
because as I said, bro, so many times cops would just stop you just for being a minority. Mm-hmm. I know when I got in my car accident in January, I got in a car accident in January. The whole front of my hood was fucked up and everything like that. I'm in the in the middle of the street causing traffic. People are honking, doing all sorts of shit. And uh, a cop is on the way. The first thing I'm thinking is, you know what? I need to change out of my gym clothes because me wearing gym clothes with the tank on could intimidate the officer and I don't want that officer to be scared of me. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of traffic with my car leaking fluid and all this stuff like that, my first thing instead of getting my stuff out of my car is putting on my work pants, putting on my button down, all that stuff, just to make sure that the person who's supposed to be making me comfortable when he arrives, yeah. I'm making him comfortable so he doesn't do something. Yeah. As a minority, why am I doing that? Why? You know, uh, Hassan Minaj said that's the racism tax you got to pay. Yeah. For living in the And it's US, true. Right? It's living true. Living in the empire. It's true. It's the, the racism tax you got to pay. And I can tell you that anybody else I know who is basically, you know, people, uh, people, anybody who's not of color, you know, they can exp- say that they have not experienced that type of anxiety and worry when being stopped by a police officer. I got to say one thing on this, though, is I feel like a lot of cops, they have this power trip, though, regardless of who you are and, like, what you're doing. They, they just roll up on somebody at a traffic stop or whatever, and they're automatically like, I'm the law, I'm the cop, you do exactly what I say. I'm what I say goes, don't do this, do this, put your hands up, give me your license, whatever. Um, and, and so, I mean, I'm sure there, there can be racial prejudices on that, but I feel like, you know, even re- removing that from the equation, that is still a big, a big part of this. And, and to uh, what Trent was saying about, you know, getting uh, the cop coming on his accident. I mean, I've gotten pulled over times because my truck sat, was, was too loud and it sounded like I was going fast. And, and it's like, they pulled me over and like, oh, wow, you have a really nice truck. So this was like when I was in high school and there's been another time when I was in college. So in a, in a way, it's almost like I was profiled being as this young white dude who had a nice truck, who was rich, who could, I don't know, maybe pay off tickets or like, you know, had a, could have a lawyer or something to, to, you know, fight these claims or traffic tickets. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there, I feel like even th- there's there's another aspect to that. Even, even sometimes a lot of, of a lot of cops, they were the they were the ones that were bull- bullied in high school, <laughs> and now you know they get all this power. They're gonna take it out on the people who remind them of when they were weak in high school. Well, one thing that because I mean, obviously, all cops have you know racist, non-racist. They're gonna have you know that abuse of power mm-hmm. i mean you know that or not abuse of power but that thought of like you know i am the law i have to tell you what to do but the only difference that i have to say about that is you know they're coming up to you and saying yes you have a nice car you know so we're gonna bully you or i'm worried about dying like <laughs> i'm worried about oh like sir why are you out like a sir step back sir step back boom yeah i mean yeah. tamir rice they for three seconds the cops did not stop for this child they got out of the car within three seconds bullets were going through his chest mm-hmm. flano castile completely completely compliant with the law was shot and killed those are the things i'm worried about yeah is if i say the wrong thing and i'm wearing the wrong clothes i will be killed yeah like i said i'm wearing i just i'm sweaty as hell from the gym i'm in the middle of traffic putting on fucking slacks that's humiliating at that number one but number two, it was my first priority. By the way, my wrist is still not fixed up from that accident. So yeah. I got fucked up in that accident. Basically, you can't even have anything nice. What do you they, mean? Like the Chappelle, Dave Chappelle has a very funny skit or a comedy skit he, he did where 
this cop he was like black people don't call the cops because <laughs> no, imagine imagine if you call the cops for burglary right burglary and the cop pulls up to your house and it's and it's very nice the cop's gonna hit you and say you know the cop's gonna say i got him johnson you know he broke into the house and put up his family pictures all over the wall <laughs> You know, it's, it's the, but I mean, if you look at that's, but that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Look at Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor was murdered because the cops had a wrong drug bust. Yeah, they went into the wrong house, killed her. The boyfriend shoots back mm-hmm. because it's his house, and mm-hmm. he's defending it, and he goes to jail. Yeah, she is dead yeah. because they got the wrong house. Mm-hmm. Look at the cop um, for the guy in Dallas where she walked into the wrong apartment. First of all, I'm sorry. How the hell do you walk into the wrong apartment and immediately shoot when he's sitting on the couch watching eating ice cream? We walk into the wrong apartment. It's a different smell, different colors, different furniture. The key would even fish. It's kicked down the door. Different, all sorts of different. Well, sometimes people will keep the door unlocked. So, I mean, who knows? But my thing is there's so many different factors. The fact that you were able to pull your gun and shoot before your mind was able to smell or before your, your nose was able to smell what that smell was before you were able to analyze or see anything mm-hmm. you immediately reached for your gun and shot a black man yeah. on the couch yeah it, it, stuff like that just really mind boggles me with this but i mean it goes into the very last point that we were kind of talking about not all cops are bad well my response to not all cops are bad is you know i really wish i could pick the cop that was pulling me over yeah this wouldn't good. be a discussion if every single person who got pulled over could pick the cop that was pulling them over mm-hmm. and whether you could look at their charges, whether you could see if they're a good cop or bad. Cause every single cop gets to choose whether they want to pull somebody over. They get to choose whether they want to, you know, make this person's day a living hell. I can't tell you how many videos I see of, of a black man sitting on a corner or sitting in his yard or standing in his yard with four to five police cars. Have you seen one of those, a squad car where mm-hmm. everyone's pulling their gun on this one person? Yeah. Like he's a goddamn superhero. Yeah. I don't understand. Yet you have people like Dylan Roof who go in and shoots up a whole entire and black church. King. And they go and take this motherfucker to Burger King afterwards. First of all, he is not shot. I guarantee he would not. He would have been just absolutely bodied. First of all, I, I don't think, you know, black going into black church probably wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. But what I'm saying is that he was treated with, you know, Respect how a DCC. police officer really should. When he really, in reality, that motherfucker should have been gunned down. Same thing would happen inside, uh, what was it, uh, Parkland? the school mm-hmm. that kid was taken out nicely not gunned down mm-hmm. you know what's crazy is that they um what's her name aoc mm-hmm. she went and she was talking uh she was talking to some important political figure um in the fbi or cia that basically would list you know domestic terrorism and whatnot and do you remember the nightclub shooting in miami oh, yeah or was it Miami? It was in Florida. But the nightclub so. shooting. I think it was in Florida. That was deemed domestic terrorism. Yeah, because he targeted the gay. The well, gay he, group. well, he was a Muslim. He was a Muslim. Oh. That's and they said that he was linked towards ISIS or not ISIS. Um, something of this. Al Qaeda. Maybe Al Qaeda. I don't know. But he was. They deemed that he was linked towards some terrorist organization. So that was why. He was born, and she went over every single criteria for domestic terrorism, and then she went to Dylan Roof, and she went to the other guy at Parkland. And said, well, they fit the same things. However, they were not listed as domestic terrorism. Yeah. They were self-radicalized. They did these things. They should be listed as self-terrorism or uh, domestic terrorism, but they were not. Yet, for some reason, when a minority does it, 
we don't see that. And then she goes on to say, well, is white supremacy a global phenomenon that is negative? And the man said, yes, yes, it is. So mm-hmm. she said, well, shouldn't they be considered domestic terrorists as well? Yeah. He had no answers for her. So are all cops good? Are all cops bad? No, not a, not a chance. I would say a majority of cops are good people who want to actually help out. Mm-hmm. The negative thing is, as a black person, we do not get to choose what cop stops us as much as we'd like to. That's good. That was a, that was, that was a really good way to word and phrase things. It's like you're playing Russian roulette every time you get in your car. Yeah. Every time you go outside. Russian every time roulette. you go outside. Like I said, a lot of people don't even have cars and they're getting stopped on the side of the road. Yeah. Hey, can I see your license and ID? For what? Yeah. What do you have? Well, you, you might look like somebody that we're looking for. And even if you assert your rights, they're going to kick in your teeth. No, if you try to assert <laughs> your rights, the very am I, first Am I thing, being detained? Uh, you are now. Well, one thing that you'll notice is every single time you watch one of these videos and a person starts to you know call the cop out on what's going on, the first immediate reaction is the cop gets loud. Mm-hmm. Sir, I'm not going to ask you again. Like, bro, sit your ass down. Calm down. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm asking you, am I being detained? It's a yes, no question. They know because if they say no, you say, have a good day, and you keep on walking. Yeah. And they're like, no, we have to figure this out. Da, 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 da. And yeah, it's just... just mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah. Yeah, th- those, are, those are all the questions. Oh, that, you know... I've seen on the internet. Is there any other questions or anything that you've seen well, that has grinded? Being gears? that this is a time, I would like to give out just. Also, the time. NFL admitted they were wrong on the whole Kaepernick situation. Oh, believe it when Kaepernick has a job again. Yeah. Fun fact about that because I already know people are going to say, "Oh, Kaepernick was uh, he wasn't very good when he uh, left the league." Okay, so in his last le- or season, he averaged six point nine, six point one. I'm sorry, six point one rushing yards per attempt. For people that know football, that's a shit ton. He had the most of all quarterbacks as well as running backs. Every single person in the league was under or behind Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. when he had that statistic. Additionally, he started 12 games and was benched for the remain- remainder of them. He had a touchdown per- or touchdown interception ratio of 16 to 4. You know who else had a similar one that finished the whole league? Tom Brady. Tom Brady had 30, uh, 32 to 8, and he won the Super Bowl that year. Wow. So he, had, he was going on the same exact path as Tom Brady. Yet for some reason, everybody wants to say, well, he wasn't very good anyway. Well, he also went to a Super Bowl. He took his team to four division titles. Tell me what about Colin Kaepernick was not very good. Because as far as I'm concerned, all of those statistics are very, very good and chart-topping. Yeah. So I never, ever understand why people say Colin Kaepernick wasn't very good. It's a cop-out to say that, well, you know, he shouldn't be in the league anyway. We just don't want to talk about this issue. I don't know how you guys remember all those numbers. Oh, I looked it up. <laughs> I don't Trust know me. how you guys no, bro, break down everybody the kept numbers on saying, of NFL. Everybody kept on saying that he sucked. And I was like, no, like I had him on fantasy <laughs> that year. He was not doing bad for yeah, me. Yeah, he was on the radar. He was not doing Cap bad for me. I had him on fantasy. I was like, this is not true. Like He was my QB1 for like you know seven of the eight weeks at that time. Also, I feel like people don't understand the big picture of the Kaepernick situation. They just think, oh, just a... Angry guy kneeling. He's a rich person making a million dollars. Why should I care? It's not about him being rich. It's about him losing his job for speaking out against something he believed was right. Not even speaking out, but just taking a knee and well, trying to be respectful. It goes back to the shut up and dribble. Like You have no authority to say this, and it's making me feel uncomfortable. That's the thing. Like I said, the fact that the media was, it's able, in their face the fact that the media was able to throw this as disrespectful to the flag literally people who were uncomfortable with this whole scenario ate that shit up like fucking marshmallows. Ate it up. 
But, you know, that's just, that's hearsay here, there. Like, you know, people are going to say what they want to try to defend it. But I just wanted to get a quick power hour of, you know, very, very different areas of systemic racism um, just to, you know, have people see it. Because, you know, we've been talking about all these things, but, you know, I think it's good to bring all these different things up. So I went online, man, I've been looking and I've been just trying to figure out all the different areas just so people can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, kind of going into this, um, let me start with the very first one that I found. So in traffic stop, black Americans are three times more likely to be searched and two times more likely to be arrested um, than a white person. Despite having lower contraband hit rates, which is basically the discovery of drugs and guns relative to white people. So that means that white people more often have drugs and guns in their car than black people. Mm-hmm. Yet for some reason, we're three times more likely to be searched and two times more likely to be arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go over the marijuana one already, so I'll just kind of bring that up again. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possessions, even though the uh, percentages are pretty much the same. You have 12% use of marijuana for whites, 14% use of marijuana for blacks. Yeah. Um, however, the never used marijuana, 59% black, 54% white. The next thing I wanted to go over was black Americans are shot by police 3.1 more times often than American or than white Americans overall, and 4.5 times more often when the victim is unarmed. So most of the time when a cop is shot, 4.5 times. <clears throat> Again, I went over the computer simulation where cops basically shot black unarmed targets more than they did white targets that were armed. Um, in the courts, black Americans are six times more likely to be convicted compared to white Americans. Yeah. A black man receives sentences that are 19.1% longer than white men who committed the same crime. Mm-hmm. For this note, I would like to bring up the um, Brock Turner case. Mm-hmm. There's a Brock Turner case where he was sentenced to six months, I believe. There was another one where I think, was he wrongly com- commit or convicted? The one who, there's uh, the black guy who was going to the, or who's going to the college, play college football. He was wrongly accused of rape and he went to jail for a long time. Brian Banks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. How long did he go for? You know? A long time. Longer than six months, right? Way longer, years. That's what we need to know. So you have that when that again was not even clear whereas and and, Brock Turner and was not clear. just that right once he got into the because he was in prison and then they put him down as a sex offender mm-hmm. which means he couldn't go to parks it means you can't do anything if yeah you're a sex offender. yeah no one's gonna hire you yeah and you have to have and if you go up near a park or a school if a job interview is near a park or a school you can't get that job mm-hmm. you can't live there well, also on top of that you have to go to a your pro office you have to go to your pro officer for like ever right yeah it's a long and, and then and you know, even if you're falsely convicted, it's hard to get it overturned. You have to get new evidence. Yeah. Oh, here, let me keep on going with these. So, uh, so also, people of color are more likely to be denied bail, have a higher uh, money bond set, and be detained because they cannot pay their bonds. Yeah. Once they're in prison, people of color have worse disciplinary records despite similar conduct compared to white inmates. You know, a lot of these, uh, so when you're driving down the street, I want you to notice the streets. Mm. If you see a place with the easy cash place, where these like quick loans, typically minority neighborhoods. That's what I was going to say. A lot of minority neighborhoods in, you know, low income areas, there's always some sort of easy cash or quick loan place. Because because they know bail, right? Mm -hmm. These bail bonds are in black neighborhoods. Exactly. Zoning, these, they're basically, 
It's like everyone is looking within the community and they're waiting for them to fail so they can make money off of them. Exactly. But kind of going with this, essentially when these, you know, when people of color are getting worse disciplinary records, this is going to go directly to their parole. So it's affecting things like that. So if, you know, if they get a smart mouth of somebody opposed to a white person getting a smart mouth of somebody, that's going to be going to their parole and they're going to say, hey, like, nah, man, you were trouble. Well, I wasn't trouble. This guy did it too. And he's not getting anything. Yeah. After prison, African-American jobs, I hate that word, by the way, black job applicants who are less likely to receive callbacks to begin with because they have went to jail, experience even more discrimination due to their criminal record. In fact, white men with criminal records are more likely to land an interview than black men without criminal records. Wow. I mean, you look at how my job thing just went right now. As I told you, I put black on my thing and I got one call back in six weeks, six calls in the seven days. So straight black men, you know, typically straight statistically, straight black men are at the lowest of the earning salary, right? Black mm -hmm. women uh, and other types of black people get paid more mm -hmm. and get hired faster than black men, typically straight black men. Yeah. So system again. I mean, like I said, and you know, those are the facts that I have. And, and so, you know, the reason but, why they do that for us is out of fear, right? Um, after, segre after slavery ended, during Jim Crow, a lot of, you know, white business owners were only hiring black women mm. because they felt comfortable working with black women, mm. right? Because they felt like they can dominate over a black woman. Of course. However, they felt more intimidated around a black man or they didn't want to be around black men. So they wouldn't hire black men. Mm. So now black men don't have jobs. And, and that mantra still exists, mm -hmm, today. exists today. Right. And so what makes it worse mm. is back then they had a vagrancy laws where if you were black and you didn't have a job, you'd go to jail. Mm. See what I'm saying? So now they're not hiring you and they're arresting you if you don't get a job. Think about it. Once so you go to jail, prison. you got a record. So straight imagine how prison. hard it is for you to get a job with a record. But... Yeah. And they can snatch your kids up and put them in apprenticeships. That's what they want to do. They could make them be apprentices without their consent. Yeah. So but that's all I got for you guys with regard to the little power hour of, uh, you know, just different things that are showing that systemic racism very much does exist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we say that this country is, you know, liberty with justice for all. But as a closing note, do we really have liberty and justice for all if, you know, Black lives are still being mm -hmm. affected four, five, whatever times more than the average. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, to to you know to wrap things up, we've hit past the hour thirty minute mark. Uh, I believe that this will be the generation to change everything. One hundred percent. Due to how informed and educated uh, we yeah. are because of the internet. I'm and telling you, every single person. Social media you need to have a conversation with your parents. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how old your parents are. See exactly what where they're at, where they're at mentally and try to talk to them yeah. because at the end of the day, the more people who realize, you know, just how different times are mm -hmm. and how things that, you know, they may have been taught or their parents taught them, all that stuff like that, things have changed so much and there's so many videos I'm seeing of, you know, people talking to their parents. I guess it was like a TikTok challenge or something. Mm. And it's crazy how uninformed some parents are. It is crazy how uninformed some parents are. Because but. they get their information from CNN and Fox, which is rotting their brains. Exactly. So, but yeah, that's all I got for you, G. Yeah. Will. I thank appreciate you, you thank brother. You, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Taking your time out, you know, to speak. I enjoy it. Of course, man. 
many more conversations to come. Most any definitely. any any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Black Lives Matter. Don't vote for Trump in 2020. Definitely, definitely. We're gonna turn Texas blue. <laughs> By hook or by crook. Hey, let's hope that uh, Mark Cuban runs. All right, y'all. Right, signing out in three, two, Black one, Matter. zero. Discussing that the LAPD is slaughtering peaceful protesters on the street. I had two friends go to the protest in Beverly Hills a couple of days ago, and the protest was peaceful. And so the police showed up with their excessive violent force, shooting rubber bullets and throwing tear gas. Is this what you think of protecting and serving? Because I think it's bullshit. Fuck you, Michael Moore. I refuse to call you an officer or a chief because you don't deserve those titles. You are a disgrace. Suck my dick and choke on it. I yield my time. Fuck you.